Hi, this is uh, Ray Duckler, the columnist at the Concord Monitor, back for yet another chapter in my podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking to uh, two gentlemen, uh, one named Reggie Blanchett and the other named uh, Robert Paradis. These gentlemen are married. They've been married for um, five years, and they were married by a man named uh, Reverend Robert Wood. Now, many of you may not or probably don't know anything about Reverend Wood, but he died this week and was living in Havenwood Heritage Heights Retirement Community, right here in Concord for 30 years or so. And he was a man who was gay and came out as gay well before it was um, fashionable to do so. At that time, you were a fag, you were a queer, you were a fairy. The Reverend Wood didn't care. He wrote a book called Christ and the Homosexual. Uh, he did not use a different name. He used his name on the cover of that book, which was groundbreaking in and of itself. He was involved with uh, protesting for gay rights in Washington, D.C. and Philadelphia in 1965. Again, when protesting for gay rights was not common. It was a small group, and he made sure he was out there, and he wore his collar. He was a minister, and he was showing people, hey, I am a man of God, and I believe in gay rights. I believe in gay marriage. And again, remember, this is 1965. He was very outspoken. I uh, had done an interview with him a few years ago, and he had told me he met his his future partner, Hugh Coulter, in a, in a gay bar, or in a bar. And I said, okay, you met him in a gay bar, and he made sure that I knew it was a leather bar. So a little bit funky there. Uh, Hugh was a cowboy in a rodeo, believe it or not. So you have uh, the cowboy, and you have Reverend Wood, who was a war hero. During World War II, he was receiving medals for heroism back uh, in the 40s when, of course, nobody knew he was gay. If they had known, he wouldn't have received those medals, I'm sure. So you have the cowboy and the war hero together in something that's just so bizarre sounding, but it was, it was the truth. And um, so that is the backdrop of this man, Reverend Robert Wood, who if you don't know about him, you should know about him because he was all about freedom and human rights way before anybody was talking about this stuff for gay people. So now we have our two guests who, as I said, were married by Reverend Wood. We have over to my left here, Reggie Blanchett, who, and we uh, to my right here, we have Robert Paradis, and these two gentlemen live in Deerfield, and they have their own stories about coming out and what society, how society viewed them in that point. And, but the main point is that we want to talk about the influence that Reverend Wood had on them. So hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Good hello. morning. Good morning. Um, first, we're going to start with Reggie, I guess. Now, you, Reggie, had a 32-year marriage uh, that ended in divorce in 2009, and you said that was kind of the official coming out party for you, although your wife probably knew beforehand 
through your lifestyle or, or behavior or whatever. She probably sensed beforehand that you were gay, but you divorced in 09, and you told me that was kind of a pivotal year for me. So if you, can you explain the dynamics of a 32-year-old, a 32-year marriage between a man and a woman when the man is gay? Something foreign to me. It sounds like it's stressful. It sounds like you're hiding something for many years, and then finally you're liberated or something like that. I'll let you take over now. Okay. Um, I came out in 2009. Uh, the divorce was official in 2010. Uh, by then, I'd, I'd been, I was living in an apartment uh, in Manchester. Uh, yeah, we were married for 32 years, and actually they were good years. I can't complain about my life as a, a living a straight life uh, with a wife, and we have three children together. Uh, now four grandchildren. Uh, I was happy with uh, with my wife. Uh, we really enjoyed the children. She was a really good mother to my kids. And I guess the, the big secret, or the you know, was that I was gay all those years. Uh, she suspected it. Uh, she in fact uh, told my children before I told them. Uh, that I was a gay man. Um, and you guys have never actually talked about it, like over dinner, the two of you, like, <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, dear, uh, I believe that you are gay. Uh, well, dear, you're right. Nothing like that happened? No, nothing like that happened. Uh, the discussion about my being gay came up only after she had told my children uh, in 2009. Uh, she suspected, I'm sure, I was gay. Uh, we had many gay friends. She was very gay friendly. In fact, w her best friend was a gay man who, who lived in Georgia at the time. They would spend hours on the phone. She really enjoyed gay men. And I think when we first met and when we married, the part of me that was sensitive and that you associate with you know, maybe gay people more than straight men, uh, I think she, a big portion of why she married me was for that. Right, because he was sensitive. So I there's the sensitive. irony there. You're sensitive, she was right. attracted to that, and you're sensitive, and you're gay. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, quickly now, before we get to Robert, um, her reaction uh, uh, during that divorce, I, uh, you told me that she she didn't accept it very well? No, she, she was bitter. She felt very betrayed. And I, I mean, I, I really can't blame her, I suppose. Um, she felt that for, you know, over 30 years, I had lied to her about my being gay. Which is a reflection on, on the fear, I guess, the fear you felt of coming out because of the backwards uh, mentality of society. That's where we're, why we're here and talking about Reverend Wood, because he helped open it up for you guys. We're yeah. going to move over to Rob Paradis now. Now, Rob, you came out far earlier than um, Reggie, and you had told me a story that your uh, mother did not want to talk about it at all, and your father came up with an interesting, what he thought was a solution to help maybe uh, change you back into a heterosexual. Can you tell us that story with, about your father? Well, I mean, I, I didn't really assume that he was going to try and hook me up with prostitutes, but... Probably that, and, and Vegas. He wanted to bring you to Las Vegas, right. and I was like, "Why Vegas?" And right. then we're assuming maybe that's because that's a right. heavily populated area with prostitutes. That right. maybe that's why he was bringing you there. Right. Um, and huh. that, or maybe who knows, uh, religious conversion. 
Um, Religious conversion, okay, you know, yeah. Uh, whatever the, the motives were, I really didn't. Uh, we, we had just reunited. Uh, he had been out of my life for quite some time. The only reason I think he had gotten reinvolved was because of, this, uh, of a scandal that I had been through. Um, I was struggling with my sexuality. I was about 15 years, 15, 16 years old. Uh-huh. And I had met an older man uh, who ignorantly, I thought, was uh, in love with me. Most of my encounters with men before that were neighborhood kids, uh, and it was one way. It was, there was no emotion involved. It was just a, an act. Uh, with uh, this man I had met, uh, there was uh, more than that. There was, uh, there was kissing involved. There was hugging involved. There was much more emotion involved. Um, this, this was satisfying to me as, as, as someone who was looking for more than just the sex. There was an emotional attachment. It yes. sounded strong. Right. Um, of course, being 15, 16, you don't realize that you were probably being lied to or maybe even abused. Um, right. I fell into a, a I, fe- I felt in love, but I'm sure that this person may have not had that same. He was married, he had two kids. I even babysat those kids. Oh boy. Um, so. Big scandal, Mrs. Statutory Rape. Right, he never got, he he never got charged. Let's just just face the facts. He wasn't charged, but that's what this was. Right, he never got got charged. Um, His wife had asked me, did he make me this way? And I said, I didn't think so. Um, And um, he, he visited me at school even after this scandal, and uh, I had to tell come out to a teacher to tell him uh, what had happened and uh, to have him go tell him to leave. Oh, I see. Uh, the man never got charged. I mean, it, to me, it was up to the adults in my life, either my mother or, or her or the police, uh, to, to, to intervene. But uh, I had no power to, uh, to convict him, and I really didn't hate him, but, and I didn't see it at that time as molestation. Do you see it now that he kind of portrayed you or manipulated you or fooled you because of how young you were? Oh, I think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah I think so. That's yeah. in the news a lot now, sure. we know. Yeah. Now, um, let's see, Robert, you are a retired... Um, bricklayer. Bricklayer. Yeah, actually, it didn't start out that way, but yeah. Uh, in Boston. In you Boston, were You were yes. traveling to yeah. Boston yeah, from lo- up here. Yeah, yeah. Local 3 in Boston, uh, the Bricklayers Union. Yeah. Yep. Proud and member for... Uh, 27 years, 28 years. Yeah. Reggie, you're a retired controller. That's correct. Involved yeah. in the accounting world. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now let's let's move it over to uh, Reverend Wood. Now, one of the things I find interesting about this story is this guy is a giant. I mean, that's not like exaggerating. You know, this is this is a, this guy's a giant in the world of, of of human rights, civil rights, gay rights. I mean, he's out there with his collar on protesting for gay rights in the 60s. I mean, this is, uh, it's unheard of, I think, at that time, especially for a man of God. So let me ask both of you, we'll go to Reggie first. When did you first meet him? And uh, just tell us about how you slowly began to realize, or quickly began to realize, who this man was and what his impact was on society, because I find that interesting. I first met uh, Bob Wood in uh, late 2009, early 2010, at uh, Capital Gay Men. It's a group of gay men who meet every Friday night uh, to discuss... That's uh, up on Clinton Street. Uh, that's correct, Wesley Church. Thank on, you, on Clinton, Clinton Street. Right, Street. yes. 
uh, to talk about you know what's going on in their lives. We talk about social issues. Uh, I didn't become aware of our important bar with to our history until probably June of 2010 when he gave a talk at the group and he mentioned his book, he mentioned his lover, uh, what he had done in, in his lifetime uh, and I realized how important this man was to our rights. Uh, he had never, you had, you had met him a year earlier and he had never, I mean he's a it, modest guy, not that right. he's going to say anything, but nothing slipped from him like, hey, you know, I have a past you may be interested in. Well, I knew Nothing. of him and spoke to him briefly, but I didn't become his friends really until uh, July of 2010 when oh, okay. Bob and I started dating. Right. And he was a close friend of Bob, so therefore I got to talk to him more. By then I, I had realized that he was, you know, such a prominent figure in our history. Uh, and over the years, he gave us a lot of stories about his life the interesting people he's met. He was such a, a he, he spoke uh, for gay marriage back in the late 50s, early 60s. Unbelievable. Uh, something that he was very happy to see happen in his lifetime. Uh, so he was able to marry us when it became legal. Which is great so, because, as we said, he died this yeah. week at the yeah. age of 95. That's correct. And he married yeah. you guys uh, Five years ago. Yes, when he was 90. Yeah. So yeah. he did get to see uh, the uh, gay marriage being legal in this yes. state before he passed away. Going over to um, Robert Paradis, tell us your background in terms of meeting him and the, and the slow realization of this guy is a giant in, uh, in uh, gay rights. And you, again, you also, I don't think, knew who he was when you met him. No, right? I didn't. No. Um, it's... I have a friend, uh, Dick Provanja, who uh, him and his partner I had befriended probably back in 1998 uh, through my neighbor next door. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, Dick uh, lost his partner in 2005. He moved to Havenwood, uh, Havenwood uh, in Concord, uh, a retirement community, in uh, 19, I mean, 2006. And that same year, Bob had gone over to his house, and um, the Reverend Wood had gone over to his house and introduced himself as a fellow widower. And uh, and Bob uh, Dick didn't understand that right away, and then he did, and he let him in. Uh, shortly after that, I was introduced to Bob through Dick. Reverend Wood. Right. 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 Call him Reverend Wood if you right. could, because okay. it could get yeah. confusing, because you are okay. Bob. Okay. How do you want to be known as? Robert or... We'll call you Robert? You can call me Robert. Call Robert. I'm going to call you Robert, and right. then we have Reverend Wood. Okay. So you met him, and what did you know about him when you met him? I knew nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. This guy's giant. Right. You knew nothing. Right. And how did you find out that he's a giant? Or when? Uh, well, Dick started telling me a little bit about his background, and I got to talk to him a little bit. Uh, and we, uh, I didn't know the extent of it, but... Uh, I decided that um, I, I've always loved older people, and uh, Dick needed something to do, so I started dragging him to the uh, Capital Gay Men meetings in Concord, and uh, we finally talked Reverend Root into going. Uh, he was already a known person in the community. I didn't realize that he was involved with PFLAG, uh, and he did gay uh, history education with them. Uh, so he was involved with some people um, that were 
already pretty well established. Uh, this is how, how I'm finding out about him. Um, in the group, he presented gay history a couple times. Um, he brought an, uh, a gentleman, Steve Law, who he had adopted, um, that had written a, uh, a biography of him that hasn't been published yet, but there is a manuscript out there. Who knows if it'll ever be published. Um, and that's basically how I met him. Right, uh, right. Uh, and um, uh, we're going going back um, going back to uh, Reggie, talk about uh, just the influence he had on you, and, and I don't know inspiration. I mean, the guy I'm inspired, and I'm not gay, so this is amazing. So what um, what did he mean to you? He's he's a giant in in our community. And to, for me to be actually his friend, someone he confided to, someone that I took to doctor's appointments, I felt really honored and blessed uh, that he took me in uh, so dearly and, and really uh, mentored me in a lot of ways, teaching me about gay history, uh, teaching me about how I should feel about being gay. Uh, he uh, became almost like a segregate father. He and Dick have become almost segregate fathers to me. Because these two men were out back in, in the 40s and 50s. It's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, Robert, his influence on you? Anything you want to say about that? Uh, whatever I thought I knew about being gay, uh, it, it just got expanded through Bob. Um, I mean, I was involved in the 80s uh, in Massachusetts, uh, visiting legislation, doing protests. Uh, with two two gay women I know, uh, so that was one history with me. Uh, so that was some education. Uh, certainly, uh, I was involved with bringing the, the Names Project quilt up to New Hampshire during 1992 in Manchester at uh, the University of Southern New Hampshire at the time, I believe. Um, but the real education came uh, with Bob because and his knowledge. I, I had no knowledge. Uh, of uh, pre-Stonewall at the time. I really didn't know any kind of history or any of the figures involved. And uh, he really helped me understand even more the struggle. And those, as he said, the backs we made progress on, those that were killed, those with that were uh, lobotomized uh, because they were gay. Stonewall. Uh, let's 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 go over that. That was in 1969 in uh, in New York City, right? It's a famous, a landmark incident in the history of gay rights uh, or awareness of, of the gay plight. One of you, either one, explain to us what that incident was about and, and how important it was, because I think the Reverend Wood was living in New York City at that time, and we have an interview with the Reverend uh, that we're going to play for you in just a few minutes to wrap this up. But why don't you jump in? Tell us about Stonewall's importance. You know, it, it, they say Judy Garland may have influenced that. That um, it was the uh, that that riot. Um, basically, uh, Stonewall was a bar in New York that uh, was mafia controlled and uh, actually controlled by the police. Uh, Paola frequently raided. Uh, people were frequently exposed uh, to per persecution. Uh, public. Uh, outings, and uh, basically, I think the death of Judy Garland may have inspired or angered or brought up the emotions enough for the gays in, in, in that evening to say, we've had enough, 
and was Judy Garland known as a person who was very yes. pro oh, gay, yes. gay yes. rights? Yes. She died in '69, I believe, of a drug overdose, and this right. is '69 right. in the yeah. summer in the right. city. Yeah. Right. So it very much, yeah, I think, could have been, you know, the, fi- the 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 fire that lit the wick, you know, the spark that lit the wick uh, on on the riots. But certainly, the heroes uh, that evening were. Uh, drag queens that took off the heels and threw them at the police and people that joined <laughs> together, you know, to... Uh, they were throwing their heels at the police. Oh, yeah, Did anybody get shot? Was no. anybody... I no. know there was beatings or there was right. physical there violence, were, were beatings, but no one was yeah. shot, right? No, nobody got shot. But they were bold enough to throw their heels at, this co- at the cops. Yes, yes. Uh, they were bold enough to barricade the p- police in Stonewall. Uh... They impeded uh, police coming to the area. Uh, it was an instantaneous thing. I don't think it was well organized, but uh, very effective, very right. effective. And it and it didn't. It lasted pretty much the whole weekend. I think the only reason it ended was because people had to go back to work. Uh, people had to you know go back to their lives. But it did uh, continue for uh, Saturday into Sunday, I believe. So. And um, you guys, well, we can go over to Reggie. Mm-hmm. You guys, this is that's 50 years ago, so you guys were how old? Like, you were teenagers right out of high school or what? Yeah. Reggie, how old I, were you? I had just graduated from high school. In fact, my sister and her husband got married on that same day. What's the date? It's <laughs> J- the famous June 28, date. 1969. So that's a landmark date. That's yes. a date that people should know about Correct. in terms of uh, equal rights. Yes. What, are you, what, what, are you, what are your recollections of it? I actually don't even remember hearing about it uh, at the time. Uh, I only heard about it uh, in the 70s, a few years after uh, it happened, uh, and didn't realize its importance probably until the 80s when I became aware of uh, gay rights uh, through a number of uh, artists or movies that were coming out, uh, you know, about gay men, uh, about gay rights, uh, human rights, and uh, that's when uh, I, I realized the importance of Stonewall. Okay, we're, um, so now we're going to take a little time, play some of this uh, recording from 1969, of the Reverend Wood, uh, let's see, maybe, um, Robert, can you set us up with what's going on here, what we're going to hear, and then we'll listen to it, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, I believe this is a, a broadcast in the summer of uh, 1969. Uh, there's no mention. It may have been pre-broadcasted before Stonewall. doesn't seem to be a mention of Stonewall in it. Uh, it was a, uh, a talk on religion and the homosexual. Uh, in it, Bob, I believe, Somewhere in it uh, brings up gay marriage, um, but also uh, there are other speakers. Uh, not Bob is the featured speaker, but there are other two other gentlemen I think involved. Uh, it's like a symposium of some sort. Where was it held? Do uh, we know? I, I'm not really sure. Uh, New, New, York York City. New York City. Uh, uh, do you know the forum, like the venue? Like was it a, a club or a gay bar no, or no, was it no, Madison it Square was, Garden or no? no I think it was. <laughs> there was some sponsor or some uh, radio station. Oh, uh, that, yeah. yeah. Okay. That had done it. You know, so. That's a bold. That's bold programming. Okay, yeah. so let's take a, a little break here and yeah. listen to some of uh, the Reverend uh, Wood almost fifty years ago in New York City talking about gay issues, and then we'll come back. 
This is the New Symposium, a program from and for the homosexual community. I'm Baird Searles, and the other regular members of the panel on tonight are... Pete Wilson. Bob Mellon. Okay, on to the main topic for the evening. Um, many of our letters that we've received from listeners, particularly from the younger people, have uh, been concerned about the problem of religion, which personally for me has never been a problem, but obviously it is for a great many people out there. And tonight we have as, as a guest the Reverend Robert W. Wood, who is the pastor of Zion United Church of Christ in Newark, and the author of Christ and the Homosexual, published in 1960, which is the first book in America to present a liberal Protestant position regarding a ministry with the homosexual. It uh, received two awards of merit, and Reverend Wood is also a lecturer and counselor on religion and the homosexual, and has been active in the homophile movement for more than a decade. Um, Reverend, would you, would you like to make a kind of initial statement to, to start us in on the discussion? I appreciate the opportunity to be here tonight and perhaps to speak to some of the people you mentioned who have listened to the program and who have been searching and in many ways not finding the answers that they're looking for in regards to their psychosexual orientation and their spiritual orientation at the same time. One reason for writing the book was to point out to both heterosexuals and homosexuals that it wasn't a case of being either homosexual or being what I would call a, a Christian in the full sense of the word, but that it certainly is, is possible to be both uh, a um, homosexually oriented person and still be a good church member and a participant uh, in the life of the religious community. And over the years, uh, in talking with more clergy and uh, with more homosexuals, uh, the need is, is, I think, even greater than nine years ago when the book came out. Um, I have many people coming to me, parents of homosexuals and homosexuals themselves, employers, uh, where the religious problem uh, turns out to be the basic one. It's always been my position that homosexuality is, first of all, a moral issue, and <clears throat> then <clears throat> only secondarily is it a a legal or a psychological or a sociological one, and that if somehow we can work through the moral aspects uh, of the homosexual, uh, the others will take on a less critical position and fall a little more into place. So my whole concern has been to approach it as a parish pastor within a, <clears throat> a moral context, the, the liberal Protestant moral position uh, for me. But perhaps the other two panelists might have some specific questions to raise or uh, you or some of the letters that uh, have come in, and we can talk uh, on more concrete uh, terms. Okay, uh, we are back. Fascinating stuff, certainly way ahead of his time. Uh, just to wrap it up here, what um, do we have any funeral arrangements or do we have any tributes set up for Reverend Wood, it's only been, uh, he died uh, Sunday, Sunday right. so it's only been a few days. We lost, uh, we lost a great uh, educator that day, Gene Connolly, and we also lost a great uh, fighter for gay rights in uh, Reverend Wood. Any plans for that, guys? Uh, there'll be a memorial service at Havenwood uh, on October 3rd at 2 p.m. Uh, I believe it's going to be, uh, the service will be held by Michelle, 
who's a, a chaplain uh, at Havenwood. Uh, if anybody's invited, of course, we'll be there. Uh, Jessica Steeler from the Congregational Library in Boston will also be there, and she'll be taking a, a, a Purple Heart. His Purple Heart will be on display, Bronze Stars, and, and some other material that she's going to be bringing back from the library. He, he was wounded during during World War II, right? That's yeah. when he received these incredibly uh, prestigious medals, right? That's correct, yes. He was uh, shot through the neck. The bullet went right through, uh, right above his collarbone. And then he was also bayoneted uh, in his right lung, I believe, the right lung. Oh, he almost died. He, he almost brought, died. Yeah, it it took featured. him 22 months to recover. Yeah. He's, uh, he's featured in... Uh, we went to war, Mike Pride's book. Oh, and Mike Pride's book. He is in the We Went to War. That's right. He's yeah. one of the people featured, right? Uh, That's correct. And they thought he was going to die then. He, they put him in a dead pile. They did. Yeah. You know, what I also remember from my column pre, uh, previously is that he met someone while recovering yes. and had a relationship with him. He had his first uh, gay experience when he was recovering in, uh, in the States. How they kept that a secret? I don't know, because weren't they recovering, weren't they part of the hospital system while recovering? Yeah, I don't, I don't know how they kept it secret. It was... Um, Tricky very, guy. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, no one knew about right, that, right? Right, right? I remember that. Okay, well, this, is, um, this has been a great uh, podcast. We've done some, some light ones on comedy, and now we've got, we got a serious one on gay rights and a pioneer, a man, a doctor, I mean, Reverend Robert Wood, who was way ahead of his time, Thank you to our guests. I appreciate it. Thank you. Really Thank great you. talking to you guys. And I'll see you guys uh, for my next podcast. It'll be coming up probably later this week. Thank you. Bye.